Copyrighted program created by Rio Grande. Los Angeles Police calling all cars. Attention all cars. Broadcast 183 regarding a bank robbery. Number one suspect described as American, about six feet. Weight 170 pounds. Number two described as American, about five feet four inches. Weighs about 180 pounds. The short bandit has a deep scar on the side of his face. That's all. Rolls and quits. gasoline tomorrow. Will you buy from habit or convenience or just wherever your gas tank runs low? These are expensive habits. They cost you money, rob you of full motoring pleasure, and shorten the life of your car. Select the finest gasoline your judgment or your sources of good information can recommend. Keep your motor tuned to this brand. Select the brand chosen by the best authorities on gasoline, those to whom the finest gasoline is an absolute necessity. The drivers and buyers of gasoline for police cars, fire engines, ambulances, and emergency equipment. They drove 55 million miles last year with Rio Grande cracked gasoline. Who knows more about stopping and starting, idling in traffic, driving long economical miles, and the sudden bursts of racing, flashing speed? More police cars, fire engines, ambulances, and other emergency equipment is powered by Rio Grande cracked gasoline wherever it is sold than any other brand. This is the most valuable endorsement, the most conclusive proof of gasoline superiority that has ever been presented to Western motors. If you are not already getting police car performance with Rio Grande cracked gasoline, tomorrow is the time to stop. For summer driving, get the increased power, the added mileage, the police car performance that only Rio Grande cracked gasoline can give. See your in- neighborhood independent Rio Grande dealer tomorrow. privilege to present Commissioner Ray Kleinberger of the Los Angeles Police Commission. Commissioner Kleinberger. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. In a recent address before a group of law enforcement officers, J. Edgar Hoover, head of the United States Department of Justice, said, crooked lawyers and crooked politicians find easy going when citizens are indifferent to the affairs of their city. If we're going to have a victory over the underworld, we must have the cooperation of the public. That statement applies as forcefully to any city in this country. We, law enforcement officers, are making an effort to settle more cases on the basis of innocent or guilt, and fewer on the eloquence of the criminal lawyer, also the money behind crooked politicians. I'll be back at the end of the program to give you a few highlights on tonight's story. On an afternoon in March 1933, a coupe rolled along the highway north of Seattle, Washington. In the rumble seat of that car, a man, unconscious, bleeding, lay handcuffed. The man in the rumble seat was custom officer E.L. Ballinger. Half an hour earlier, he had come across the coupe parked near the highway north of the city. Uh, what are you doing here? What's it to you? Whose guns are those on the seat there? Mine. Okay, get out. You'll have to go back to Seattle. <coughs> nice work, Pete. He didn't know you was behind him. Yeah, well, what'll we do with him? I'd stop him in the rumble seat and get going. All right, give me a hand here, will you? Okay. Yeah, this heavy. You're telling me. There we go. Now, in with him. I slammed down the lid. Then we're going to have to 
to slug this guy. Yeah, how come? That's the only way to keep his mouth shut. Ah, nuts, he can't squawk. I hit him before he got a good look at us. He'll still be groggy when we dump him out. How's he going to identify us? Just the same. I don't believe in taking chances. First good spot I come to, I'm going to let him have it. I want to get it over. Yeah, that's the way with you young fellas, all right. You want to get it over and swing for it. Hmm? I got a better plan. Listen to me, son. You drop me off in Seattle. I'll get my car and catch yourself a town. We'll switch this bird to my hack. I'll take care of him. You go back to Seattle, get the new car, and I'll meet you in L.A. later on. Well, what if you get picked up? I'm taking the risk, not you. Don't you worry about anything. You'll be driving a new car. You'll be all right. Less than an hour later, Ballinger was dragged from the car and not carried to another coupe. On and on went the car. 792 horrible, torturing miles south through Washington, Oregon, and into California. Finally to a point just south of the Oregon-California line. There, 200 yards off the highway, Officer Ballinger was left, handcuffed to a tree. Later, in the evening of the same day, State Highway Patrolman Stephen S. Kent and Lester Quigley are repairing Kent's car when from the radio loudspeaker comes a police broadcast. Dan parked in that blind street back there. I'll back up and we'll take a look. Take it easy now. I just saw Sheriff Calkins and his boy turn the next corner to the right. Good. If this bird is the one we're after, we'll need him. Park here and I'll go over and give him the once over. I'll have to ask you boys to get out. We've got orders to search every car that's like this that shows up. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm just a hitchhiker. He gave me a ride, and I... Right, pal. Nuts to you, copper. You get out of that car, I'll have to haul you out. Oh, yeah? And you ask for it. Hey, you can't get away with that. Eh? Who says I can't? Speed as punk, there's another carload of bulls. Come on, get going. I, I, I can't. I'm too scared. Give that gun. Stop. Okay, pal. I got a story to make for rats like you. Well, that's something. I'll keep that, Dad. Too late to do them any good, son. Identified as George Hall, ex-convict who had served a term in San Quentin Penitentiary. He admitted being one of the men implicated in the Ballinger kidnapping and informed authorities regarding the possible location of his partner, a man he named as Joe Clark. Our story now shifts to Los Angeles and to the jail of a small town near that city. Sergeant, put this man on suspicion of kidnapping. Don't let anybody talk to him without an order from Hanson here or from me. Yes, sir. What's your name? What's the matter? Can't you read? You got it on that slip there. The name's Clark. Joe Clark? Yeah. Okay. Cell 13. 13? So can't you make that 14? You heard me. 13. Okay, wise guy. 
Someday you're going to find out that 13 is your unlucky number. Ah, get him out of here. Come on, Gabby. Get going. Okay, don't shove me. Right inside. Okay, we don't get tough. Oh, hey, old pals, you old pals, you old you old pals. Hiya, me. All right, you two, go to sleep. Uh, I don't want any noise, honey. Okay, screw you, run along and mind your business and we'll mind ours. Yeah, I'm glad to see you, pal, you old Oh, I was getting awful lonesome to all by myself. Awful lonesome to do my little bottle of wine. All right, all right, never mind getting chummy. Yeah. And blow that breath of yours someplace else, will you? Okay, okay, no offense. No, no offense. Uh, what's your name? Help? Clark. Now, will you get over on that side? Uh, Clark? Huh? Clark, you say that's a swell name. Oh, my name's Edward. Two-bell Edwards, they call me. I'm a streetcar of that. All day long, I got to listen to women. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, women. When I get home, all I get Anything for my wife. All right, all right, Stoop. I'm Ken the Shatter. I'm not interested in your life history. All right, all right. Sorry, pal. Clark. Oh, that's swell. I wish you... My name was Clark instead of Edward. Every time I hear the name Edward, it reminds me of my wife, and I have to go and get drunk all over again to forget it. Now, wait a minute, pal. So you like the name of Clark, eh? I sure you. I sure you. Okay, I'll do you a favor. Yeah? I'll make your name Clark. Y- you will? Sure. How? Just give me a book and slip and I'll give you mine. Uh, will, will, will I do it? Sure, come on, give me that slip. Uh, uh, okay, now here's mine. Yeah? Now read for yourself, you see? Your name's Clark and mine's Edward. Well, gee, it's marvelous what we just do in this modern age, ain't it? <laughs> Thanks, Bill. I'll never forget you for this. No. I don't think you ever will. Hey, Taylor. Hey, Taylor. Come on, screw. Hey, Taylor, wake up, will you? i got to get out of this joint. Hey, you drunken bum, stop snoring, will you? Hey, where's that Taylor? Hey, screw! Hey, look, be a good guy, will you? I gotta get to work. I got picked up on a drunk charge last night, and if I don't get to work this morning, I'll lose my job. Yeah? Let's see your book and slip. Okay, here you are. Uh, Mel Edwards, intoxication. That's right. Uh, well, Go on, get a bail bondsman, and let's get this thing fixed up so I can get to work, will you? Well, I'll see. Uh, who's that bird doing the snoring? Him? Oh, he's some bum named Joe Clark, eh? They brought him in last night. Oh, so that's Clark, huh? I got orders not to let anybody see him. Well, come on, Al. We'll see what we can do about you. Thanks a lot, buddy. Yeah, I don't want this bird Clark to get away. Hold him for the federal. Well, come on. There's a guy in the office who might fix you up. Promising to obtain the money with which to repay the bondsman, Clark was driven to an address in the residential section of the city. He went inside ostensibly to get the money, but Clark simply walked in the front door and out the back door. Again, a desperate and dangerous criminal was at large. Our scene now shifts to the office of Captain H.S. Seeger, then head of the robbery and narcotic detail of the Los Angeles Police Department. Men, I'm not complaining about your work. You've all been loyal and efficient, but we've had four bank robberies in five months. And so far, we haven't the slightest clue to the identity of the bandits. All we know is that one of them had a bad scar. Now, I feel that the reputation of the department is at stake. 
We've got to do something. Well, I got a tip the other day, Chief, that might mean something. What is it? Well, a rather prominent shyster. I won't mention his name. But he told me he could give us the names and addresses of these Mutton Jeff bandits. What's the catch to his proposition? Well, first, he wants to know the amount of rewards offered. Mm, I thought so. And then he wants an absolute guarantee that both Mutton Jeff would be killed by the police as soon as we sighted them. What? Yeah, that's what he said. I told him you wouldn't go for it, but I'd tell you anyway. I'll tell the world we wouldn't go for it. Who does he think he is, making a deal like that? Yeah, he said he knew a bank they were planning to stick up, and he'll tell us where it is, provided we agree to bump him off. Well, just for luck, keep an eye on that bird. Secret speaking. All right. The owner. That's just what we're looking for. Not the streetcar conductor. I just had a run-in with that bird a day or so ago. Oh, wait a minute, Charlie. Okay. Hey, Chambers. Yeah? Was your man named Edwards the one who made you that story proposition? Nope. I just wondered. Hello, Charlie. Hello. I'm sorry to keep you waiting, just checking up with one of our men. When can we see this uh, friend of yours? Can you meet me in half an hour at the Westland Hotel? Sure. What room? I'll meet you at the elevator on the 12th floor. Okay. Half an hour. Right on time, Harry. The room is right around the corner here. How come this bird's so eager to talk? Seems to have had some sort of a row with Carter. Says he's going to get bumped off. Uh, that sounds fishy to me. No, I think Edward's on the level. Uh, here's his room. Oh, come in. This is Captain Seeger, Police Department. Jake Edwards. Oh, uh-huh. yes, Seeger. Mr. Rule tells me that you have some information about the Mutton Jeff family. Yes, I have. How do you happen to have this knowledge? Well, I used to work for a crooked lawyer named Leopold Tarter. Are you still working for Tarter? No. How does it happen that you know so much about this game? Well, it's like this. Here's a sentence. That's Muff, the big guy. Well, he works as an investigator for Tarter. They began propositioning me to go on some jobs with him. I pretended to be willing, but always backed out when the time came. I'd make some excuse. Well, finally, Tarter got suspicious and told me to get out. He offered another fellow 200 bucks to bump me off because I knew too much. This guy was a friend of mine. He tipped me off. Who is this friend? Well, I'd rather not mention his name. Suppose we just call him Sam Collins. Is that okay? Oh, I don't care what you call him. If he can do us any good, he can do you plenty of good if he will. Only thing is, he won't talk to a policeman. <laughs> Got no use for coppers. Oh, we'll get around that. Who's this Jeff part of the bandit team? His name's Carlson. Pete Carlson. He's saving his money for some big caper up north. Carlson and Tarter and Senton have been fighting among themselves lately because they claim he's holding out on them. Do you know where Carlson lives? No, I don't. But Tarter and Senton have rooms in a place down near 11th and Broadway. All right. This information is valuable to us, but we've got to have more. Get hold of this friend of yours and arrange for us to talk to him. Come on, Kelly. Let's get back to the office. Back in Captain Seeger's office. Seeger, together with Joe Taylor, Captain of Detectives, and Detective Chambers, lay plans for the capture of Pete Carlson, Izzy Senton, and the shyster attorney, Leopold Tarter. Edward told me that uh, Leo Tarter was in on this hold-up gang and that he wanted to get rid of his partner. Now, Chambers, I'm going to ask you a point-blank question. Was Leo Tarter the man who offered to put up the finger on Mutton Jeff? Yep, he's the man. I thought so. See what you can find out in the files on Tarter and on a guy named Carlson. Check up on Simpson. See if there's anything in there on Sam Collins. Yes, sir. Uh, tell Johnson and Guy Beeson and Harry Tash to come in here. Okay. Robert Detail, speaker speaking. Yeah, speaker, this is Edward. 
I'm going to ask him to have a couple of the boys stick around to see that nothing happens. Say, I don't want any bulls hanging around. Do you want to have your head blown off by Carlson? Now go on home and watch yourself. Meanwhile, in the office and apartment of suspected attorney and his so-called investigator, detectives were piling up damaging information. They heard robbery after robbery was planned. Then, at 4.30 in the afternoon of the day, weeks later, Officer Johnson placed a hurried call for Captain Seeger. A few moments later, Seeger, Rule, and Detective Chambers meet Johnson at the entrance of the building in which Carter's offices are located. Cat, they both left the office just after I called you. Uh, let's try the left where Sentinel parks his car. We may be on time. Here, wait a minute. Here comes Carter now. Oh, uh, just a minute, Carter. Where are you going? Oh, hello, Seeger. Going to my office, why? Sure, good. I'll go with you. Oh, all right. Go on up, sir. Watch your step. Close, please. Fast. Five out, please, sir. Well, Johnson, you and Chambers wait here in the outer office. His sentence goes up threatened. Keep that phone girl quiet if any calls come in. Have her put him through as usual. All right, now, Seeger, tell me what this is all about. Watch him, Seeger. Oh, no, oh, no, you don't, Carter. No, you don't. Nice little 45 he's got there, Carter. Probably would have used it, too. Just what's the idea, Seeger? You can't pull this stuff on me. No, well, Carter, the jig's up. You're under arrest. Arrest? For what? For bank robbery. Bank? <laughs> Go on, Seeger. You might put that over on some dumb yak, but not on me. Why, you've got Carter. nothing on me. Show Mr. Carter our microphone. Microphone? You've got microphone here. Oh, well, that's one thing I didn't think about. I, uh, I guess I've got to hand it to you for that thing. And through those microphones, we heard plenty. Now, listen, we want to Carlson. Federal men have identified his picture as a man wanted for kidnapping a patrolman Ballinger in Seattle. His partner is sentenced to die at Folsom for murdering two officers. So that's the sort of a few pal around with, isn't it, Tara? Never mind lecturing me about the morals. Now, listen, I'll make a deal with you. If I can tell you where to find this, this Carlson, where do I get out of it? Oh, no, I'm making no promises, Tara. I don't have to. You're the one on the spot. You know better than to ask that question. Well, where's Pete Carlson? I guess you're right, Captain. I don't know exactly where he is, but I, I think I can draw you a map of it. Go ahead, then. Let's see it. All right, you, you go out this way about... Here. Then you turn right at the second street beyond the filling station over there. Mm-hmm. You go two blocks this way and then you turn left. I believe he's in the court right here. Now, listen, will you go easy on me, Captain? Uh, here, Johnson. Get all the men you need, go out there and stay there till you get Carlson. Take shotguns and tear gas. Get him if you have to smoke him out. Yes, sir. Well, now that I gave you the information, Captain, how about it? Will you, will you go easy on me? You know the answer to that, Carter. Oh. You won't play with me, eh, Copper? You think you're tough, don't you, Seeger? No, I don't think I'm tough. But I'll tell you what I think of rats like you. Yeah? Rats that go into a bank where unarmed women and and men are unprepared and unprotected. If I had my way, I'd line you up against a wall and turn a machine gun on you. Yeah, that's fine talk coming from a policeman. I, uh, I think I'll remember that little speech, Seeger. <laughs>
Mrs. Biggers, Johnson. Any fight? Okay, bring him down to my office. I'll meet you there. All right, fellas. Let's take this shyster down and book him. Oh, wait a minute. Here comes Stanton down the hall. You get him, Stromwell. Put the bracelets on him and bring him along.
Get police car performance with Rio Grande cracked gasoline at your independent Rio Grande dealers tomorrow. And again we hear Commissioner Kleinberger. The splendid work of the officers in this case, all of whom of necessity do not appear as characters in tonight's story, cannot be minimized. It is their right to know that their work has not been in vain. I thank you. Please calling all cars. Attention all cars. The cancellation of broadcast 183 regarding holdup. The suspect in this case are now in custody. That's all. Rolls and clips. Your narrator, Frederick Lindsley, bidding you good night for Rio Grande. <laughs>